Good morning. I am so happy to see that I have some family, some friends, and now I've got some strangers that are reaching out and I'm going to be friends with. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Monday Matters podcast with Holly Cochran. I am here today to tell you that if you are a parent and you have somebody in your house that you have declared or labeled or think is a picky eater, I just want to have a moment today to tell you that you are doing a fantastic job. If you have a kid who is a picky eater, what that is telling me about you as a parent right now is that you are loving on your kid. Your kid gets love from you because you are concerned about what they're eating. And so I know you're concerned about what they're eating because you're kind of battling with them a little bit or wishing you could do a better job of getting them to make better food choices. So I know you're loving them. I know you are concerned about their health. I know that you are trying to get them to eat other foods because you know the value of it. You know the value of nutrition. So that's super important and congratulations. You are listening to podcasts. If you're here right now, you are somehow trying to become better version of yourself on a regular basis and you are putting that work in. So I am here right now to tell you that if you are raising a picky eater, you are doing a fantastic job and your kid is going to turn out okay. They need you to love them and to be worried about them and to want what's best for them and they need you to constantly be um, growing and evolving as a parent as well. So you have already checked all the boxes. So yes, you have a picky eater, but you are a fantastic parent all the same. And I have a picky eater too, still to this day. So I have, I have two daughters, one who has an food sensitivity. We've never had her tested. So maybe she has celiac. I don't know, but we are gluten-free in our house. And then I have a, a daughter who isn't gluten-free, but she's actually the harder one for us to feed because she's our, using my little air quotes, picky eater, always has been. And so I have been through the phases as or seasons or stages or whatever you want to call it when it comes to kids. I have been through that where we eat where she will choose to eat nothing but white rice. And for days, she does nothing but eat white rice. And I've worked really hard. I started doing nutrition stuff when my kids, well, before they were even born, I was starting to do some stuff as a social worker with young moms and making my own baby food. All of that was going on before I'd even had kids. So I had started the whole journey of how to feed your kid, how to feed your baby, all that kind of stuff, learning about it and wanting to know more about it for the entire time that I've been a parent. And I have done many different things. I have tried many, many different things. And sometimes some of them worked. Sometimes the ones that were working stopped working. And sometimes things that I had tried that failed all of a sudden worked. So, you know, I, I definitely don't have the answer and I don't have a way to resolve a picky eater, but I'll 
share with you today a few of the things that we, a few of the approaches we took to feeding our kids. And to the point where at the age that they are now, they're older, they're 17, they're 14, they do a lot of their own cooking. There's a pretty decent foundation now, I think, um, that will serve them well. I think they understand the value that food is fuel. So let's start there. If you are a mom and you have really, really little people around, one of the most important things that you can do with your little people is to get them to make the connection between food as fuel. So we do have food as rewards and food as treats and things like that. That's okay. We we definitely like birthday cakes and all those sorts of things. Those are ways for us to show appreciation, to show love. We have that. That's a whole other podcast. But when you make the connection between, you know, food is fuel and fuel's giving you some energy and fuel or, you know, healthy foods help you to feel happier. And because there's a direct correlation, please don't argue <laughs> with the fact that when we eat a lot of high processed, high sugar, low nutritional value foods, we don't feel good. As adults, we don't feel good. And as kids, they don't feel good. They just don't articulate it the same way. So when you start saying to kids, okay, this is going to be a happy day. We're going to eat our healthy foods to start it off with and things like that and start making the connection between food as fuel. When they learn that at a young age, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a foreign concept when they're adults. And there's a lot of adults that I'm teaching right now that are starting to understand that actually there's a direct correlation between what goes in your body and how your body feels. If we can teach that part to the kids when they're younger, that how your body feels and how your mind is working and how you're learning things, all of that is because of the good foods you're eating then we, they don't have to try to unlearn the, the, the role of food as an adult or learn about food as fuel as an adult. So if you have real little people, start talking about the fuel that they are eating and how healthy foods make their bodies feel. Now, there's always the little sidebar because we never really know how foods are affecting our bodies. And sometimes what we consider healthy foods makes us not feel good. Like, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with um, having a turkey sandwich, but because there'd be two pieces of bread there, I would be feeding that fuel to my daughter and she wasn't feeling good because two pieces of bread for her when she was four years old sure didn't make her feel good. So there's always a but to the situation. If you can just get your kid to understand that food is what is their greatest source of energy to run and play and jump and feel happy, that's step one. Talk about it in your house. Do it for yourself. When you are um, peeling an orange before you, as a snack, you're going to say, this orange is going to give me some uh, great energy or some vitamin D you can, or vitamin C, you can just tell the kids why you think this orange is important. It's not language that just rolls off of our tongue all of the time. But if you're trying to get your kid to understand um, the importance of the healthy food, 
and you don't talk about the importance or the negative connotations to the unhealthy food, you just keep talking about why good food is important. What they hear is what they're learning. Um, so that was the first thing that we started doing with our kids is we just talked about food was fuel and what's going to make you feel good. And, you know, they'd want to eat, um, things that we didn't consider to be awesome sources of fuel, like the slushies at the ski hill. Let's talk about the slushie at the ski hill. So I didn't know if I was going to make a big deal about the slushie at the ski hill and lots of kids were having one after lessons. And my kids started lessons at five years old and were there every week, sometimes two and three times a week at the ski hill. And after lessons, kids would get a slushie. And that liquid sugar would make Corey just twinge. Like I thought he was going to just freak right out at the thought of our kids drinking a slushie. So the first day that all this was going on, I wasn't willing to engage into a huge fight with the kids there at the ski hill. And so I chose to fight with Corey about it. I'm like, Corey, they can have a slushie today, but I promise you this will not go on every single day. So they got their slushie that day. And then we had a conversation about what the slushie was made out of and how it wasn't very good fuel for our body. And it probably wasn't going to make you feel good after a while because that's really too much sugar for you to deal with. And so there's no way, there's no way little girls that we are going to do this on a daily basis. So that was a nice special event. And that when you guys go school skiing with your friends and there's no, you know, when they went school skiing, that was the second time in the ski year that they could have a slushie. Corey wasn't there. And that was a deal I made with the kids. Like you can have a slushie again this year. It's going to be on school skiing day when all the other kids are having slushies. Go right ahead and do that. But we're not doing the slushy thing on a weekly basis. So like get your heads around it. That's just how that's going to go down. And we didn't have that conversation in the heat of the moment at the ski hill, looking at all the other kids with their blue drinks. We had that conversation calmly when I could talk to them about it and explain why it was important for us to not do that and how that was going to go down. And I also can draw a real solid line for my kids. There's a, there's a yes and there's a no when it comes from me. And they knew by the tone of my voice and how I was having this conversation that they probably didn't need to ask at the ski hill ever again, because I decided that was not happening and we were not having slushies. And I would pick your tantruming little butt up off the floor of the ski hill, kicking with your ski boots on and drag you out there before I'll buy you another slushie. <laughs> anyway, I think Kata probably did ask the next week, mom, can I have a slushie this week? And I looked at her with the, we've already had this conversation, Kata face. And she decided that that's how that was going to go down. And we never had to deal with it again. They had their slushy, and every year at school skiing, I remember Kenzie would be like, today's slushy day. She didn't care about skiing because she skied all the time, but she just knew that's the day she got to have her next slushy day. And I was very, very happy for her to be able to have her money and go school skiing and do that. And that's how we have done some of the other food struggles is not in the heat of the moment, not when they are starving or, you know, I just got to figure something out. There are times when I just once again had to let that happen right there and just go with it, even though it wasn't necessarily the best case scenario. There's never, 
I'm never going to get this all right, but I would make it mental note in my mind that the next time we are putzing in the kitchen sink, playing with the water and just visiting away, I'm going to have a conversation about whatever sort of nutrition lesson I'm wanting to give. There's teachable moments and they are not in the middle of a tantrum. That's not the time to have that teachable moment. So in my house, we've always taken our role as parents and kids and nutrition, teaching them about it the same way we taught them about safety when it comes to walking on Fort Sand Road. Like if anybody's driven down my road before, you know, you have to teach your kids to be safe on Fort Sand Road. There's just like some hard and fast rules about what you can and cannot do. And so my kids had to walk on the walking path. They could not climb up on the guardrail and walk on it, even though that's a really fun thing to balance on. And But if they were walking by themselves and they fell off on the other side of the guardrail, they're laying on Fort Sand Road. So it was a hard no. You cannot do it. I know it's fun. You can balance on things at the park, but you cannot balance on the guardrail on the Fort Sand walking path. And I've always felt like I was doing that, even though it made them mad and they asked every single time and Kata would get those puppy dog eyes and tears and the whole bit. No, no, you can't do that because like truly it's a really unsafe thing for you to do. I do the same thing when it comes to food in my house. If I start to feel like things are getting to be where they are eating so unhealthy, it's not safe for them, for their development, for their brain development, for their, like, we, when, when Kate is having um, a wrist issue, honestly, I make her go back into the, into her diet and just say, how much stuff are you eating that makes you feel inflamed? Because you know what does. She knows now. She totally knows. And So when she's feeling like she's got a lot of inflammation and things are aching, go back and see what it is that you are putting into your body for your body to feel that way. It makes a huge difference. And I love that at this point in life now, they have figured that out a little bit. Hasn't stopped them from eating things that they enjoy, but if they start overdoing it, they know what the consequences of that are. As we all should know, when we overdo it, our body will let us know and and then we can make better choices next time or decide we don't want to be overdoing it and feeling sort of the effects of food that hasn't been serving us really, really well. So I honestly believe that nutrition is such a valuable lesson that we have to be teaching our kids about as they're growing up along the way. It's as valuable as learning to walk down the street safely. So when you are getting into these power struggles with your kids and when you are having these fights and these tantrums, I'm, I just want you to know that you are doing the right thing in wanting to make your kids or wanting to give your kids the opportunity to feel their best. That's ultimately what the power struggle is about. You want your kids to feel their best and you know that food is fuel. And so You want your kids to feel well, and there should be no shame in that. There should be no, you should just be so proud of the fact that 
you are working towards getting your kids to feel their optimal. Let me tell you about when, when my kids start picking just one food item. So it doesn't matter. Like Kata was on a raspberry kick and I keep picking on my poor sweet dear Kata, but I know she doesn't listen to my podcast either. So she won't really care. And these are all stories that I've said that I tell people about because I feel like they're helpful stories. So she knows I tell this story all the time anyway. So she used to just eat raspberries. Like literally there would be, I there's probably a couple weeks where the kid, I can't remember how many days she'd go by with raspberries, candy, and maybe a carb of some sort. Maybe she'd have some rice. Maybe she'd just have goldfish crackers. You know, there'd be a little bit of something else, but like I, I was saying we were buying those trays of raspberries from Costco and I'd buy three and four of them at a time. And then she'd be freaking out by three days later because there was no raspberries in the house and there was nothing to eat. Well, I don't think she'd say that because she wasn't very little. She wasn't very old. She was talking for sure, like definitely four or five years old. And so I needed her to eat something else. I'm like, yeah, there's no raspberries. They are like $7 a tray and you got to eat something else. Like I was to the point where have a bag of chips, sweetheart. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like, honestly, $7 worth of strawberry raspberries. And it's like nine o'clock in the morning. So the only way that we got her to stop eating only raspberries, which are a healthy food, there's no problem with her eating raspberries. Some parents would die if their kids would eat a piece of fruit. The only way we got her to stop eating raspberries and branch out a little bit is I just stopped buying them. I just said, that's it, Kata. There's no more raspberries. We're not buying raspberries this week. Or I, I don't, I don't know if I lied to her and say there wasn't raspberries this week, or I can't remember how I did it. I just stopped buying the raspberries. And then I just stopped allowing her to have, I wouldn't make whatever she was asking for. If it was the noodles, if it was um, like right now, it was, she was on a bagel kick and it was every single day, couple times a day, a Costco bagel with cream cheese. There's nothing wrong with a Costco bagel with cream cheese once in a while, for sure. Like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Two, three times a day as your only source of fuel, there starts to be, especially when she has goals like she does. So what did I do? Kata, should I stop buying bagels? Cause you need to like pick something else. And we've been around this circle so many times with her. She says, yeah, find something else. I'll, I'll figure something else out. It's like, it was convenient. She likes it. She, it was easy. And so it was just a go-to. It wasn't that it was, she was refusing to eat everything else. It was just super easy. And I have the same things day after day after day as well after years of figuring out how to make sure I'm getting all of my macronutrients in, getting enough calories in, feeling my best, some of those things fit into that. So it's not that I don't think there's room for some consistency in your diet. It's just she wasn't she wasn't eating a vegetable. <laughs> you need some vegetables, you need some micronutrients. She had no protein in that. You need some protein. So um Yes, consistency is key, except if that consistent item isn't fueling you well. So when you are in charge of what is being offered to the kids, you also get to be in charge of what isn't being offered to the kids. And 
in that ability to say, we're just not making that anymore. You're going to have to pick option B. Let's start making lists of what option B could be. And you'll have to hold strong and do that for a few days because they may be able to hold out for a while wanting only option A, but eventually they're going to have option B. And sometimes, so so if it was, okay, you can't eat any more rice. We have to eat something different. Even if what I got her from was rice to noodles, in my mind, I was very aware that there wasn't a huge difference to those two. I shouldn't be making a big fuss about it because what's the difference if she's eating this white rice carb or these noodle carbs, except that I needed her to explore food items. And so just changing it up and having her have another option in her list of things that she was willing to try and then thanking her, complimenting her, using positive reinforcement. Okay, you tried some noodles today. That's awesome. You didn't used to like these noodles. I wonder if now you might like bananas because you didn't used to like bananas, but maybe you like bananas now just like you like noodles now. And I could use it as this opportunity to say, okay, we're moving on and picking some new things to eat. So I, there was very little that I didn't let them eat but I didn't let them eat only that for as long as they chose. At some point, I made the call that that's enough of that. Now we got to change it out. And I did it when it was a good teachable moment. Usually I was at home with them and, you know, what do you want for lunch today, Kata? Rice? Nope, I'm not making rice. And I was feeling strong. <laughs> I knew I knew what was coming next. And she, I'm having rice. I want to have, nope, I will not make it. And I don't know what she would have eaten at that particular moment in time because there probably wasn't raspberries either or whatever it was. But I powered through and till she found something else. And there would be criteria like, no, I'm not making rice. And no, you're not just having chocolate chips either. Like you have to have something that is going to serve you well and fuel you well. And so just having a sugar high right now when you're having a temper tantrum is actually going to make this entire situation worse for you and for me, maybe not now, but eventually. So at some point, I just had to hold strong. There is so much research that's being done about the diet of our kids these days and their moods, their anxiety, the depression, the attention deficit, the brain connection to the nutrition that we're feeding our kids. I want you guys to just take a minute and think about what food does to your body, what food does to the kids, and just say, I have, I have the strength because if you are here and you are still listening to it, you are one strong human. I know already you got this. So it's never too late to start having the conversations about food as fuel and how it makes you feel. And I hope that you know that your picky eater um, won't always be a picky, or they might always be a picky eater. And at some point that's going to be beyond your control. All you can do is keep teaching the lesson and making the connection back to how that food does influence how we feel because it does. Um, if you want to reach out and say, 
and ask me anything else about how to get kids to be food explorers. I think Mrs. McPherson, who was Kenzie's kindergarten teacher, did a beautiful job of having food explorers. And everybody had to have a polite bite in kindergarten with Mrs. McPherson. So if I was doing wacky snack back then and kids would say, I don't like red peppers. And Mrs. McPherson, who was in charge, she would say to everybody, I understand you don't like the red peppers and you do not have to eat an entire red pepper, but you do have to have a polite bite. And all these little kindergarten eyes would look up at Mrs. McPherson who ran the show in there and they would eat a red pepper and we would tell their parents, did you know little Johnny ate a red pepper yesterday? They're like, yeah, right. He picks red peppers out of everything. And I'm like, well, Mrs. McPherson got him to eat a red pepper. And I know that's how kids always are. They always do what their teacher tells them more than they do what their parents tell them. But we use that language forever. Our kids had to have a polite bite to try things. And if they still didn't like it, they didn't have to eat the rest of it. But sometimes just one bite of something healthy was better than zero bites. So Anyway, I'm going to sign off on the picky eater episode. I hope you guys know that you're doing a fantastic job. Just just love your kids. Truly, that's what they need the most. And if you can slide the odd teachable moment in there, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you, everybody.